0: Club episode for the 5th of February 2019. We are recording on the 3rd of February, um, so on the Sunday just before. My name is Elliot Page and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mr Andy Hanley. How are you doing, Andy?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. It's less cold than it was, so I'm actually enjoying like temperatures that don't have a minus in front of them for the first time in, in like what feels like a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I finally found uh, my scarf, and so I've been double-barrelling double scarves when going outside the house, and there is a roaring fire happening basically five feet below me, in the living room so i'm already kind of boiling um so we'll see how we go if i faint halfway through this podcast you know what's happened (laughs) yeah Uh, i i
1: I suppose i suppose we can't really bemoan the cold weather too much given how things have been in in other parts of the world like we've got off pretty lightly in the the grand scheme
0: yeah yeah it's one of these things where it's like you can complain but be careful how much because come on lad so, yeah, cool. So this is your Fortnite look at manga. We're focused on joint discussion. Um, we're going to announce series ahead of time so you can read ahead with us. Um, we're also planning to um, do a lot better on the whole notification thing and letting you know what we're reading out there in the general interweb so you can also jump in. Um, as a quick note, um, thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We have, um, kind of gotten um, even more support over the st- since the start of the new year and we've also updated our prize tiers um our goals as such and we're currently we've re- we've rejigged them so they're a bit more straightforward and less less kind of all over the place but the long uh, the upshot i want to notify you about is we promise upon our hearts that if we get to a $100 uh, a month we will do two bonus episodes for you patrons um so that'll be even more stuff to listen to more of quote-unquote the content i suppose they say so you know if you fancy it go have a look at the page and see if you want to sign up um always welcome to receive questions um also as part of that we've had our first um shout out tier um patron and so (laughs) it feels weird saying this given that we know him in real life but um thank you very much to rob jessup our first and so far only shout out tier um i asked him um what he if he'd like me to shout out anything in particular and he said something that will probably get me skinned if i said it out loud so thanks rob I'm not mentioning the thing you said, although you did admittedly give me an out. So thank you for that.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> see, see, see now I'm just maybe we need some like kind of bonus episode where we just say what that is now because everyone's going to be sat at home and like wait what was it? What did he say? What did he want you to say?
0: Yeah, good point. Maybe I'll just drop that slightly quietly somewhere. Yeah, you be, on you be tier
1: on Patreon, find out what <laughs> Rob Jessup wanted to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't paid money, please skip ahead. No, God, that's dumb. But hey, um, I'd rather do this than have to try and hawk mattresses with earnest sounding voice anyway moving on to the podcast proper so um, returning champions um, there's a very interesting item here on the list which I really want to hear about because I haven't bought it yet in fact I still haven't read the second volume but Andy please take it away
1: uh, yeah so um, this uh, past week or so the final volume of uh, the Voynich Hotel uh, landed on uh, on various digital platforms and having talked taught- in In pretty glowing terms about the first couple of volumes um I went and uh, and picked up that finale um and uh, much like kind of when I talked about the second volume on here i don't have a huge amount to say other than kind of it's more of the same it's you know a, a lot of the, the same kind of uh, uh, madcap insanity um which is is you know largely entertaining and amusing um i i guess the the interesting thing about this kind of as a finale is i, I didn't really have any expectations or desires on how this kind of whole series would end like it has so many kind of plot threads and characters um that uh you know are kind of milling around at any given point in time i didn't really have a line in the sand of like well i hope they end this in such such and such a way and i hope you know they get to the, the the bottom of this story arc uh but actually like Pretty much everything that really mattered in that series gets kind of wrapped up with a bow quite nicely and quite swiftly. Like, the going through this third volume, I sort of got to the halfway stage and thought, like, ooh, they've got a lot that is kind of left unresolved here. And they've even kind of thrown a few other kind of random characters in here and there, like, you know, are they going to end any of this stuff at all? And then suddenly they kind of just come along and just kind of, you know, wrap everything up really neatly and and quickly. And like, there aren't any real big surprises or any kind of big shock twist moments or anything, but it's all just kind of satisfying. It's kind of pretty much what you'd expect out of the the ending of... The various plot threads but it's all kind of like yeah okay that's fine that's kind of what i wanted to see as it turns out um and so yeah it's you know it, it was a pretty satisfying way to to end things um after a volume of, of the kind of the same sort of laugh out loud stuff that that has, uh, has kind of kept me going through the first two volumes as well so uh all in all, pretty uh, pretty happy with it, and uh, kind of a, the, the weirdest thing that I sort of found myself realising at the end is that uh, kind of the, the whole relationship between Taizo, the main character, and, and the maid, Helena, actually ends up being a really kind of sweet little story by the end of it, like in, in a very bizarre Voynich Hotel-esque kind of way, but I was, <laughs> I was, I was kind of like, by, by the end of that, I was kind of like touched by the whole thing. It's like, oh, these these the kind of a cute couple it's in a, in a really very strange way given some of the stuff especially some of the stuff that happens in this third volume but it's like oh i can kind of get behind this this is cool
0: yeah i was about to say that it's not the sort of series that you end up like raising grand shipping armies and like wearing you know launching the banners for like you know momoie kun or Moemoe Moe chan it's just like hey there's a relationship here but god knows what this is um, but no it's good to hear that it wraps up well i mean I, m- I imagine some of those plot lines were ones they could kind of like just they're not sort of things you need to laboriously get to the ending of it's more a case of okay if we pull this string and we re- re-announce re- this name we've ended this storyline um i must admit when i found out it was three volumes initially i was a bit scared because i've had series obviously that you know has been curtailed before it's the end of its real natural life but it doesn't sound like it has that kind of um, premature ending disease, um, at least from hearing you talk about it, Andy. So that's really yeah. nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think everything kind of, by the time it starts closing everything down, all of those kind of major story arcs have kind of run their course, like they've done everything that they could have done and, and you know, would have wanted to do with them. And so they all feel like they kind of, they they, they shut down quickly, but they shut down at a point where it makes sense. Like it's, it doesn't have that thing that you have so often with manga where it feels like, oh, this got cancelled. And so they had to suddenly kind of scribble down the ending to everything. It's like, you know, this has just reached the end of its lifespan effectively. And so, you know, this is a, a good time to just kind of, you know, tie up all those ends and just say, OK, yeah, we're, we're done. And, uh, you know, that's that's always always nice to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially for manga, it's very easy to, like, think, oh, I've got one more plotline in this. Oh, no, I don't. Abort, abort, abort. Like, there's a number of manga that I love dearly which outstay their welcome, run out of steam, and then have to pull the ejector handle because they've got themselves in deep trouble, uh, the world God only knows in particular. Um, but, yeah, that sounds cool. I I, I've, I have, uh, I keep promising this, I've downloaded Volume 2. I haven't yet read it. I fully plan to when I can get a moment. So, yeah, on my very much on my to-read list. Um, but no i'm I'm really glad to hear that it wraps up satisfyingly i suppose yeah. Um i guess the one thing to bear in mind now or hope for is that we see more of this author's works come over i mean they dabble a lot in the more sort of weird end of things anyway but it'd be nice to see more of their works i feel like we're on the cusp of having another great wave of like crazy go nuts manga you know like um you know, Shintaro Shintaro Kago kind of keeps peeking in around the corners and you've got, you know, the Voynix Hotel author, Dalman Seiman and a few other authors which you, you look at and go, this is a bit on the edge, but I'm glad it's coming out. So, yeah, i mean just to see how this goes. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, I'd, I'd be curious to know how this kind of did in terms of sales, because, yeah, like, it's... A, had it not been for this podcast, like, you know, I, I would probably not have heard of it or kind of really thought of, about checking it out. So, you know, it's a thank you to our backers, I guess, for, for kind of, you know, making making this possible. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, it's not something that I would necessarily have gravitated towards. I've not seen beyond kind of one or two people mentioning it. I've not really seen a big push to, to kind of promote it, um, and, uh, and it, it'd be a shame if, if we didn't get to see more of this author stuff, cause yeah, I'm, I'm very much, uh, would be very much on board for, for kind of other, other titles, other stories that are kind of more of the same in terms of the general tone and, and weirdness, cause, uh, you know, there is there is a really good vein of kind of comedy that uh, that runs throughout this series, and uh, in, including perhaps the, the world's most unusual hangover cure, uh, which is kind of w- worth the price of admission for this volume on its own.
0: Oh man, I'm real curious now. Good job, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm, as I say, it's it's one of these things where the author, I think, to go to carry on, go back to what you said about the series itself, is that. You know, there's no need to go completely crazy and over convolute the plot lines because the general sort of status quo of that series operating is already weird, weird, and you don't need to over-egg it because if you do, it gets tiring or it can do, quite honestly. But no, I'm I I hope more of this author's work comes over. I, you know, I get his feeling because it's a digital first title, so I get the feeling definitely that it's one of these cases where it's like, oh we can we can try this and digital has its costs don't get me wrong like you're still having to put in the lettering and the um translation work to say the least as well as the actual human effort of producing a book even though it's digital so i'm just hope fingers crossed that it's paid off and we may see more works and you know more of the stuff more of down man stuff and as i say some of his cohorts or like stable mates as it were because there's a lot of really good stuff out there i mean how like can you imagine a time like i can imagine a time several years ago like maybe when we we're doing a different podcast but even something like N- N- nagata cabby's um Lesson experience of loneliness like i feel like we use that as a touchstone a lot on this podcast but that's because it's good um and I can easily imagine a time not too many years ago when that would have been real a real hard sell for anyone to even consider releasing And then Seven Seas just kind of shrug and go, I don't know, fuck it, man. Look at all this friggin' like snake girl cash we have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's been kind of the great thing around sort of the the broader market in so many ways. I mean, you know, as as much as we poke fun at the the whole light novel thing, like, you know, just the the fact that that over the last sort of five, four or five years, you know, we've gone from like, no, light novels aren't feasible to release in English at all to the fact that we now have kind of a a surfeit of them on various different surfaces. And it's kind of likewise with with manga and like we've seen genres and kind of you know topics within manga that that like you say wouldn't have been released even a a few short years ago so it's it's kind of nice to see that sort of broadening and the fact that you know we've kind of gone from a place where you could look at a lot of series and say that that has no chance that's never coming out in english to like at this point, I wouldn't want to put my finger on anything and say that's never going to come out in English because it feels like there's always. An opportunity and there's always a possibility for basically anything at this point yeah
0: i feel like a lot of like um golden eggs or like you know sort of beautiful children have come out now where people have been like oh that's never coming out i mean that's not to say there are still cases where like people fiend for certain series and even some things that don't come digital but i feel like more and more you know things are getting more streamlined um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed this. I need to finish volume two. Like I say, maybe I'll do that like tomorrow on the bus or something. I, I really need to get on that. So yeah, been good to hear that it ends well though. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than, well, it, there's few things worse, few things worse than loving a series and just watching it crumble before your eyes. So. <laughs> So, uh, moving on to um, your pick, Andy. We flipped a coin, and it took three attempts because I kept dropping the bloody coin. Um, but your title goes first. So, do you want to take it away?
1: Yeah, so uh, my pick for this podcast is a Sam Love is War, Volume 1, uh, which is published by Viz Media. Uh, the author is Aka Akasaka. Um, and I kind of picked it because this... Sh- this uh, the anime adaptation of this series is currently kind of one of the, the hot bangers of the winter season. That's it's kind of it's kind of the show that nobody was really talking about the eyesore in kind of particularly excited tones before the season started, but as soon as it started airing it quickly kind of caught a lot of people somewhat off guard, I think, in terms of its its presentation and style and so on and so forth. And kind of given its presentation in particular, I was really curious to see the source material and kind of to see how it, how it compares. And we actually had a, a question about that, which we'll, we'll get to later. Hmm. Um, but, uh, basically the, the story is, uh, set in, in a private school as, as so many kind of romantic comedy manga are. Um, and it's, it's set within, almost entirely within the, the confines of, uh, of a student council office. Uh, so we have the, uh, the vice president, uh, the, uh, the Kaguya-sama of uh, the series title, her uh, Kaguya Shinomiya, who is kind of the, the vice president, she's the heiress to this huge, like, multi-billion yen Japanese business. Uh, like, you know, she's, she's a... a a very uh, well-bred young girl, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and alongside that, we have uh, Miyuki Shiragane, who is the president of the uh, of the student council. And he's kind of, relatively speaking, he's something of a commoner. Um, but like, you know, he's your typical kind of super smart, very diligent, does all his homework, kind of kind of guy, and has uh, has made his way to the top on on the basis of that. Mm. And the the cliff notes version of this is that these two characters they both like each other they they both they are both very much interested Do in they? one another well ultimately yes i i would say I mean, they are but uh, i
0: think they stockholm syndrome each other <laughs> frankly
1: <laughs> it could it could be that as well but they they certainly they they think deep down that they they kind of have an interest in in one another uh, but the problem is for some some reason that it's never really quite explained in in a, in a particularly satisfying way they they are both absolutely determined that they are not going to be the one to confess that they have any interest in the other person. Like they see that as being kind of beneath them or as as effectively like losing in this particular relationship. Like if, if anybody is going to confess anything it has to be the other person. And so we end up with this kind of weird almost kind of like anti-romantic comedy where it's these two characters trying desperately to make sure the other person has no like doesn't realize that, that they are the the object of the other's affections and so they're forever kind of indulging in in various kind of schemes to try and get the other person to confess whilst kind of trying to keep stony face and and kind of keep their powder dry in terms of their own feelings um and it's kind of it's such a weird series to, to read when you kind of set it against your your kind of typical romantic comedy because normally like the whole premise and the whole setup is around trying to get the reader to find a character or a pairing of characters that they like and kind of somebody that they can kind of cheer on through all the inevitable misunderstandings etc etc in the hope that they get together in the end whereas this is almost the exact opposite at least early on you kind of get the feeling like both of these characters are jerks really and they probably get everything that they deserve like the fact that they're kind of they're basically kind of self-destructing their own romantic interests because of this ridiculous kind of notion that they both have is exactly what they both deserve because they, they both have kind of ideas above their station. They're both kind of idiots. They're both kind of like mean to one another in various different ways. And there's a weird kind of satisfaction of the fact that they're like, yep, yeah, you're just screwing this up for yourself. And this this is a good thing. This is exactly, this is you getting your comeuppance. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a weird kind of entertainment value that, uh, that comes from that throughout
0: yeah i think that's the main thing with this series because the first page is basically the the entire sort of mindset of this of love is a battlefield he who lays down their weapon first loses do not be the one to confess and you know we've talked before andy about romantic comedies and how when you're that age in particular and you're pumping full of hormones and you have no idea what you're thinking every little thing is the end of the world and this this series finds a new angle to weaponize that as well as the like misunderstandings go-go where they're both like smart people kind of they're both idiots in different ways which is another good thing about it where they're both really trying hard to get one over on the other and they're so in denial and so closeted and and sheltered that they have no idea how to go about it. And like the best thing about it that made me actually like go from kind of despising the setup to loving it was when they go for six months without nothing happening. And it's just like, yeah, that'll happen. If you're both morons, you're totally going to get snookered. And it, cause like when it starts up, it's like prestigious Academy. And I'm like, ugh, and then a student council. And I went, ugh. and you know, I'm sort of sat there in the cafe groaning for the first 10 pages. And then I realized, Oh, they're both idiots. Great. And I really got to it. And I've since really, really enjoyed the series because I don't think there is a real good reason. Like you mentioned, the reason why they like won't confess or, or the reason why they like each other. I think they just kind of fell in and have no handle or romantic experience. And this kind of for me, like is way more believable than lots of romance series where like they're like, no, I like this person solid. And it's like this one, it's more a case of. I wouldn't mind if he confessed to me, but I would never confess to him because we're power dynamics. So I I kind of really like it on that angle. And like I say, it went from like me basically writing half a page of ugh to, oh, wait, this is great.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then in the, in the midst of all of that, just to kind of stir the pot even more, you have the student council secretary, Chika Fujiwara, who is basically like, I, I, I was all set to describe her on this as like the, the chaotic good element of this, but having no. watched like some of the episodes of the anime, the good part doesn't, uh, doesn't really kind of, uh, scan. Like she's just the kind of the chaos that gets thrown into the midst of all, all these meticulously laid plans from, uh, Miyuki and, uh, Kaguya, and she just kind of comes out and just, basically she, she just says normal stuff that completely destroys any plans that they have because like she, she will always point something out or kind of make some kind of proclamation that, that kind of just completely completely destroys everything that they, that they have all set up just kind of pulls the, the stack of bricks down effectively and she's great like she, she's a fantastic foil to both of them because she's completely kind of ditzy and clueless to everything that's going on uh, but she's also she, she's, she's the normal human being in this room who has kind of a normal emotional handle on things and it's just kind of she's she's just a great foil to those two characters throughout that just makes the whole thing work like i think if it was just the main two characters it would get old pretty quick but having therein as kind of like the, the third wheel of this whole thing that kind of ends up screwing everything up so often just kind of adds an extra layer of, of glee to the whole affair
0: yeah she is the like uh she's the jester almost in the middle of it who doesn't know what's going on but equally if you if you read things from her point of view it would just be a rather silly student council whereas these two the other two um miyuki and kaya are like engaged in this stupid like death note style you know he he she he that they will do this so i'll do this it's, it, it, it sounds weird but it feels in some elements in some chapters almost like a version of kakaguri um without the like crazy faces and violence um and also way better ter- way better attention because you know it's it's a pair of idiots warping each other really hard so yeah. it, it works really well
1: yeah it's it's a really good confluence of those elements because I mean you know like we've talked about with stuff like promised Neverland like i I really enjoy that kind of back and forth cat and mouse battle of wit stuff, and to kind of see it on this weird sort of romance laden level is kind of really pleasing because the the cat and mouse stuff that that it kind of does is is really good um more often than not, and it also has just some really great comedy payoffs off of the back of that I mean the whole kind of ongoing thread in this first volume around a pair of movie tickets it's like the final panel when that whole thing kind of finally plays out and they get their seats in that cinema is just like it just absolutely destroyed me like I I could not stop laughing at that because it's just this perfect it's this perfect example of of kind of the the stupidity that that these two morons have wrought upon one another just kind of illustrated in this single panel in just such a perfect way of it's like it's just it's just it's just wrong enough to to be to be hilarious it's like yep you had all these great kind of plans to try and outfox one another but still end up with what you wanted and you've just ended up with not quite what you wanted by a, a couple of seats removed basically
0: yeah and that's kind of the best bi- that's kind of my favorite part about it because you know like i say the first page lays out the terms of engagement really well and then everything that comes after is yeah, of course you've made everything really awkward and stupid because you've got this, like both of you have this intense weird pride or just paranoia about things that, you know, it kind of tickles me um, given their position. But then it's a case of, well, you know, you don't feel bad when they screw up. You know, it's almost like a case of, man, I hope these two continue to be idiots um, which I think we only get plenty of because <laughs> there's six volumes released um, in English and there's 13 in J- in, J- in Japan at the moment, which is a lot. Um, but then this first volume, as I say, once I got into it and p- past the, p- the first chapter, it flew by because um, I was just cackling myself like an idiot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is It is really good in, in that sense. And I, I think the other smart thing that it does is like, you know, ev- every chapter kind of ends with like a... A results basically like a verdict of who won and like that could have been a really boring way of of making all of these chapters binary of just like oh this person won this particular kind of bout of of stupidity but it's actually like it's very willing to say like no nope, nobody won this like everybody screwed up or Fujiwara won because she just kind of like broke everyone else's brains and like it, it's willing to have fun with that and to to just move outside of the kind of what could have been a very cut and dried like, you know, we're just going to keep score of of who bests the the other person in each chapter, but actually even that just kind of turns into sort of a, a, a comedy vehicle in itself of just like nope, nobody wins here
0: yeah, it really helps as well to break up the chapters, um, to go, okay, like, some of this stupidity is going to carry on, like, again, the movie tickets, but some of it is, okay, we're done with this gag, we're, we've kind of milked it, now it's time to cut and leave it, which I feel really helps keep the series from getting too exhausting, because, you know, this sort of really intense, very close um, form of comedy could get tiring if it was, you know, I mean, hell, you know, it'd be like a normal romantic comedy where you get really sick of the, of the misunderstandings, yuck, yuck. So it really works in that regard.
1: Yeah, and Mm. and I think actually that's the other kind of refreshing thing about this is like, it's not really... so It's almost weirdly, again, like the opposite of... of, In most of these scenarios, both the characters, with some exceptions, kind of like understand everything that's going on. So it's almost more like willful misunderstandings of like, no, I'm going to pretend I don't get what's happening here to try and like force the other person to make the first move. And, you know, it kind of, again, kind of subverts the genre quite often in terms of being like, no, these are actually two you know ed- educationally smart characters who you know get everything that's going on but because of that they're actually you know <laughs> foiling themselves in in the process
0: yeah so it's really fun now i've been reading um another viz title which is on the and jump app we never learn which has uh, like it has some elements similar like you wouldn't hesitate to call it the same thing but it very much has a case of you know boys and girls misunderstanding each other like sailing past each other like ships in the night and it has some of the same sort of elements which kind of more often not get in the way of the comedy um whereas having this series be very weird and chased in a weird way and very much as you say keeping the powder dry makes it it very refreshing I, i think i've used that phrase like three times so far this in this discussion but it is very refreshing and it's like oh all these misunderstandings are now really fertile ground for idiot garbage rather than just oh god kiss already you morons <laughs> yeah, so exactly yeah i must admit there is one thing about it which um there was a mention um, as you mentioned demel's award asked about the um anime i we can get to that more fully but i must admit i'm not a fan of the art so much um i think a lot of it's quite ugly um and it works it kind of works in that regard i mean the characters look fine most of the time their proportions look a bit out of line sometimes but more than often than not i always noted how either sparse the backgrounds were or how they were just a thing, a single block of screen tone and you know the characters vary between looking half decently drawn and kind of looking like you know just scribbly gremlins which you know i'm cool with like i'm all up for you know different art styles and such, but it it did it never it never quite looked good to me. Which I mean, still the comedy worked, so it did its job, and it had some interesting panel layouts at times, which really helps with the gags. And you know, so it's never it's never like atrocious, but it, I wouldn't call it a pretty manga by any stretch.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, certainly, I, I kind of didn't pay much attention to the, to the to the backgrounds, I must admit. But they are like, yeah, the the, the character. Designs and illustrations do kind of walk all over the place. Effectively, you know, they're they're very variable. It's it's one of those ones where I I'd, I'd almost be curious just to like pick up a copy of a later volume to see whether it's one of those kind of volume one. I haven't quite got a handle on what these characters should look like yet. And then they kind of, you know, nail them further down the line. But yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the greatest looking series. I mean, it, it's interesting because, I mean, might as well read out Dunazuo's question at this point. She basically says, uh, the Kaguya-sama anime has a shaft style to it thanks to the director. Is this something wholly original to it or is it the manga or is the manga varied in how it presents its gags? Um, and, it's interesting. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call the anime kind of a shaft style, but it is a very highly stylized kind of take on the the source material, and I. It's really interesting looking at the manga because you can kind of see the genesis of all of that stuff. It's like, you know, there are some like flashback scenes in the manga that have a sort of scanline kind of effect over it. And so Mm. of course in the anime that kind of translates into like, you know, watching old VCR footage of these things that has the kind of VCR scanline look to it. Um, and kind of some of the, some of the sort of angles and compositions and the way things are laid out is is certainly like they they sort of it's one of those anime where they sort of take what the manga has and dial it up to 11 like they take things that, that are maybe subtly a little bit kind of unusual in terms of how they're depicted in the manga and then just really kind of cranks it up and, and kind of makes a big deal out of those things and it it really works for that anime because you know like you say, that manga has very sparse backdrops. It's mostly just set in a single room, uh, with, with, you know, a few exceptions where it breaks outside of that. And I think, you know, it makes sense for the anime to kind of go balls to the wall with that stuff and to really kind of make the most of it. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's kind of there in the manga, but it definitely gets dialed up a, a whole bunch for the, the anime adaptation.
0: Yeah, because I haven't seen the anime, but there is that two page spread at the start of the volume, which has, um, the pair of them in the student council room and it has, a lot of like you know weathering on the image and such and i thought is this part of what they mean like it looks like a photo that's been run through about six different photoshop filters yeah Um, but not in like kind of in an intentional way so it does make it look more interesting when like you say like they're in one room for 99.9 percent of the series um and one thing and the follow-up that the males award asks is um, do the gags flow well in the manga or is there too much dialogue um for me at least i would say that it flows really well the main sort of thing it does is it it breaks up the dialogue so it's very rapid fire and there's a lot of quick jumping between characters and events as they happen so it's it's a very much a quick pace through you know it's not just like someone staring and scratching their chin for an entire page of six panels it's more just like Kaguya, Miyuki, Kaguya, Miyuki, Fujiwara, oh god, Fujiwara, oh god, what are you doing, lady? And it kind of bounces from there and it kind of keeps the camera moving and it gets a lot of, um, mileage out of, um, like keeping your attention moving as well as the actual image itself. So while I complained about the art, it does have a very good eye for composition, especially because, you know, even simple, something as simple as two people sat on a sofa having an argument on where they should go for holiday really kind of amps up and becomes real stupid. Which is to its benefit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I never sat there reading this volume and thought, man, there's a lot of dialogue going on here. Like it, it's it either hides it very well or it, it it kind of paces it out very well. And yeah, like I I think again, there's certainly I I feel like the anime has probably bolstered that stuff out a bit more probably out of necessity to kind of you know ring the most out of the, the gags but yeah in hmm. terms of the manga like it never it never feels like well they should have just made this a book because you know I'm just reading masses and masses of dialogue like it's always it's always pretty pretty on, on the money for like how much there should be uh you know it's, it's always enough to, to get the idea across and to kind of you know ring out as much comedy as possible but it never felt like it was kind of overdoing it or, or overrunning in terms of how much you know dialogue or explanation or whatever was going on
0: yeah it usually knows when to quit i mean one thing that's helpful is as as it is a social deception sort of story like you have characters thoughts and characters speech being completely different trains of thought or different mode you know sort of different directions and so it means that like you know you're reading different trains of thought and so it really helps break things up because you have to pay attention to at least most of it to go like okay they're doing you know like people jumping around but I don't know, I never found it tiring to read. In fact, if anything, I was kind of just barreling through it, as I mentioned. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um I still haven't watched the anime. Um, but how do you think it compares to the anime? I think we've already partially answered that. But uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really loving the, the anime adaptation. Like, you know, it visually has a lot of panache. It's... it's it's good it's funny um it's uh it kind of hits all the right notes and yeah like reading the manga like i feel like you you get just as good an experience out out of either of of the two at this point like i'll definitely carry on watching the anime to the end and i'll I'll be interested to see like how far through the source material it gets but it's definitely one of those ones where I, i might be tempted to to kind of carry on with the manga just to see where it uh, where it goes beyond that because given how many volumes there are I, i'm guessing they they may not be burning through all of that in the in the tv series
0: yeah i mean they mentioned already there's like a fourth student council member who has not shown up at all and they kind of lampshade it early on in this first volume by saying yeah he has perfect attendance but he hasn't appeared in his series yet <laughs> and it's like oh god <laughs> what's going on yeah, um though, so. I, I must admit like at the start like i mentioned not liking it at the start and I know why they do this, and it's a well-used trope. But I still hate it, and I'm going to complain about it here. But they have the like the "kya" section where it's like fangirls going "kya" and then explaining the entire expository background of the characters to you, and to, while they're excitedly gabbing to each other, like I get it. It's a it worked very well. It, it's useful, but man, alive, I. I, I see it too often. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I've got to admit, like, I, I rolled my eyes at that as, that like, basically the first panel is just, like, the student council as as local celebrities angle. And it's like, does this ever really happen? I bet this never really happens.
0: The, the, the one thing that took me out the most was when someone said, in this classless society, it's like, motherfuckers, you're <laughs> a prestigious academy that is class-based. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Like, I almost... Yeah, I, got, I nearly got annoyed at a stupid manga because of well, class politics. Anyway, I don't expect Karl, Mer- Karl Marx to be showing up in this series anytime soon, so whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know, you never know.
0: Cool, I, I'm, thank you for picking this, I enjoyed it a great deal
1: yeah no I'm I'm glad like I was kind of a, a little bit worried that I'd read this and be it was going to be one of those occasions where it's like oh the the anime has managed to wring something out of it that, that the source material didn't have but it's like no they've actually they've done a, a good job of, of adapting what as it turns out is, is already a pretty good series so uh, yeah. I had I had a good time like even though it was effectively content that I'd consumed in the last few weeks in a different form like I still laughed at the at the funny bits and I still in, enjoyed the the experience so uh yeah it's a, it's a, a good little series
0: yeah, well, it was not strange to watch, to consume a second time, albeit in a different form. So that's, that's a, I think that's a good recommendation myself. Indeed. Cool. So, um, right, with that, moving on to my pick, um, which I had to hastily cobble together after I had forgotten to do it. And as a result, I have now booked out the next three weeks in advance, the next three episodes in advance, so I don't screw myself over um and this would be um volume one of miss kobayashi's dragon maid um by um cool shinja um it's being published by seven seas it's now up to seven volumes and is concurrent both in english and in japanese um it's currently ongoing there's like three spin-offs now i think there's at least two there's one about elma and there's one about kana and they're like overseen by the original author but drawn by other people and they're just different characters because there's plenty of scope for more gags. But basically, this also received a Shaft anime a year? A
1: KyoAni. KyoAni a Ki-
0: God damn it, sorry, yes. A KyoAni animation. Shaft on the brain. But it received a very good cu- um, Shaft... Uh, God damn it, Kyoto animation anime. I'm not going to edit that. I'm going to leave it in for my own stupidity. Um, and that was last year year before um
1: Uh, yeah it must be a couple of years ago now i guess yeah
0: 2017 i think jesus i'm getting old um but i really liked the manga before that and then i really liked the anime and i thought well i can always revisit this because i like this series and was a bit sort of because i remember the start of it being quite ropey um and a bit and there's some elements of this series overall which are a bit uh a bit grody i suppose is the phrase i'd use but anyway the actual synopsis is miss Kobayashi is a a fully grown adult shock horror is an anime or a manga featuring an actual adult with a job um who isn't a neat um although maybe she wants to be half a time and she works as a developer a systems engineer at a company in Tokyo and she wakes up one morning she gets ready for work she leaves the front door but there's a dragon right there big honking fat dragon taking up the entire doorway and the dragon says hey um you said i could come crash at your place so here i am and it turns out that kobayashi while blindingly drunk um wandered off into the woods found a found a dragon they complained about their lives and she invited the dragon back to live with her and this dragon named toru um, then takes on a sort of a strange human form and looks like a maid um, because kobayashi likes maids which is like a taku thing she has and um, they become fast friends because Toru helps um, Kobayashi get to work on time. And it then becomes this, like, kind of heartfelt but also really daft and funny, like, roommate situation slash ro- romantic situation slash, you know, just the family you make for yourself type thing more broadly Um, because you've got this like dragon in human form hanging around kind of slightly lustily following around Miss Kobayashi who is a rather sort of um, dour quite you know quite quiet and to herself character and kind of getting through life you know so you know um, Toru the maid helps with the helps with shopping and cooking and there's a few slightly weird sort of like horny bits um, you get other dragons turning up because they're just kind of all hanging around now. Now that one of them has crossed over into the human world, and it kind of escalates from there into this like slightly com- this comedic sort of storyline with um kobayashi like basically humoring this dragon who is besotted with her and later on remembers oh yeah we met and i pulled a sword out of you i don't know sod it and it kind of just goons around from there like this first volume is probably the most sort of scattershot as it tries to gather its marbles in fact the first chapter is very much a case of plopping you right there in there and then the first, the second chapter is very much a case of like okay we've done the we've got serialized now here's the chapter where we actually tell you the origin story and get on with it um but no i i really like this um it has some skeevy moments in particular around canna who is like like a 300 year old dragon but who purports to be like a kindergartner and her weird friend um but i really like it because it has a lot of themes about like non-standard families and non-standard relationships where you know it's a dragon and a lady who kind of doesn't really care about interpersonal relationships and how she opens up and all the other sort of characters who come along for the ride. And people basically trying to find a place for themselves in a slightly uncaring world that surrounds them. Like their the way they organize around work and the way they organise around family and you know, that's all that sort of whole thing. Which is all stuff I kind of really enjoy. Especially because a lot of it is very much a case of seat of its pants, this is how things are, here's some funny gags, here's some dragons fighting unexpected fight scene you know um and the art has kind of like a very particular style like call shinja has particular predilections likes the tits um but not quite you know it's noticeable in this but not as much as in other series they've done but it's very much a case of it looking quite loose like the characters look a bit weird and a bit umpy in their designs which is something that Kyoto Animation really kind of tweaked for the anime and made it look kind of several tiers above the level of detail that you were expecting um but this kind of looseness um really kind of brings out some interesting character moments and you know weird like movement and such but it ends up looking charming as a result so i'm a big fan of it um i've kind of gone at length but i did you like it as much as i did andy i hope
1: yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I mean, this is a weird one for me because I, I read the entire volume and then I didn't take any notes, which is kind of like not, it's not kind of a negative on it. It was just a case of like, I read through it and it's just like, yeah, that was that was cool. And then that was kind of it. Like, I think the the, the one thing, or, or I guess a couple of things that, that kind of stuck with me is,
0: hmm.
1: one, like, I feel like I'd been forewarned about the art style for this series a few times. I think probably by yourself and others of like, oh, you know, you might not, Especially coming to it from the anime, like you might not like the the visual, the you know the uh, the visual style of, of the series, but I actually really liked it. Like, I, I it works. Like, it, it is a little unusual, I guess you'd say in places, but like I feel like it all worked really well and, and all kind of like sat with me in, in the right way. Um, and I guess the other thing, kind of coming from the anime, is it kind of really struck me how how Kyohei kind of drilled into every kind of small element of this series and really kind of mind it for everything it was worth like there there are moments in kind of this first volume that are not quite throw away but they're kind of pretty pretty sparse and, and pretty simple in the manga that kind of get get thrown into like full on full blown episodes in the anime adaptation so that was kind of the thing that that struck me as a just the the way that kind of little little things that are, are put in here were really, were really blown up into into something much bigger in the the adaptation, which uh, which you know kind of, I, I think that actually kind of works both ways. I mean, talking about its kind of some of its its hornier moments, like a lot of those via that very same process kind of get really blown out into big deals in the anime, whereas here they felt far more kind of isolated and, and maybe subtle isn't quite the right word but they were kind of they had far less sort of reach to them because they they felt like almost throw away little things um that, that kind of you know ended up in the anime turning into, into much kind of bigger parts of the whole um yeah so I mean, it,
0: the, the, the horniness in particular like i it's It's one of these things where it kind of rem- it, it reminds me of when I first read this series and I was kind of part of message forums and such and people kind of horned in on that stuff and honed in on it and posted the pages over and over again and talked about it at length and then you realize that or when you read it yourself, it's like, oh, this is like three panels like there's very little of this event, and like you say, like when the anime blew it up it was kind of i feel like one thing the anime did very well was it was using the whole span of the manga and its various different mindset but it was concatenating down like similar events to bring out the most in like certain little elements like you say so it would be a case where like because they have more material to work from but they don't want to just burn through the whole thing they're like okay we'll we'll compress this down and we can show multiple different ways of this you know in this one event and as you say, like, the manga in particular, especially with the, as you say, the horny bits and all that other stuff, it's very much a case of, like, here's a panel and we're moving on. Like, it's already moved on by the time you've clocked it. Um, it's kind of just carrying on and rolling around and it kind of moves, um, as a result, which is, you know, nice because it just means that it gets on with it, which, I don't know, is mirrored with the characters' experiences themselves of kind of just getting on with it. Um, but at the same time, the anime did a really good job of, like, there's one, there's a throwaway part where Toru, you meet another dragon called Kanna who's like a like like I say a kindergartner and um, they make a whole jokey long bit about that in the anime which again like drags in different elements from different chapters and in this anime it's more just a throwaway in the manga sorry it's a throwaway gag where people go is this a good idea oh well I'm late for work so that's kind of where the joke ends um, but it also works in that format sorry andy i cut you off
1: no no that's that's fine i mean yeah it's uh, yeah like uh, overall i guess my my experience with this was just like this is a real just a pleasant read like i i like the characters i like the setup I didn't have, you know, masses of kind of laugh out loud moments, but I kind of got to the end of it just kind of feeling it was a slightly warm and fuzzy, just like yeah, I've i, just, I just read I've read a nice thing, like that's that that was a decent way to kind of spend a a bit of a bit of a morning. So hmm. it's 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 kind of a, a weird one that I I almost I almost feel like you know I I wish I had something more kind of profound or glowing to say about it because i liked it but it's kind of it's, it's very much one of those things that's like it is what it is and that's fine that's probably exactly what it should be
0: yeah that's fair i mean i i must admit for myself i took about two small pages of notes and normally i go into like 10 or so because it's a very small notebook i have um but it works you know I i enjoy this series and going back to the start and revisiting it i both still enjoyed it but also i kind of appreciated how it gets more polished in later volumes and it finds more of its own voice um and i think in general like like call Yu shinja's works are getting way more airtime now like there's another series called mononoke sharing which has some of the same ideas and way more boobies um and there's another series they've released called ojo jojo which is just basically an age gap um friendship thing which also seems really fun and i feel like Like you said, like the art really helps drive it because it makes everything seem a lot more, I don't know, like human in a way. Like it seems weird, but like when you have like Toru, who is like a weird buxom, like a weird buxom maid wandering around with dragon horns on, you it kind the looseness in the art really helps just kind of move you along rather than. You know, and, and rather than having to be slavish to it. And At the same time, it still ha- pulls off some good gags, like at one point, like, um, Kobayashi opens the door and sees a giant buff, like, dude, but with a dragon's face on it and gets freaked out. And that's a real good panel. It's a good gag. Um, it knows when to be a bit, like, to pull the stops out, um, as a result. So, yeah, it's, it's very pleasant. It also, like I say, it makes me remember why I like this series and why, you know, I, it's kind of on my, like, insta purchase list when a new volume comes out
1: yeah yeah and I I think actually like as as well as kind of like the the illustration side of things like I I think actually the character writing is is pretty good through this volume like I mean uh, obviously kind of Kobayashi herself is is intensely relatable as like say just a normal grown-up who's trying to get on with her job and her life and you know just doing what she does but like even the other characters like it would it would be so easy to kind of write Victoria's character in particular in a really kind of lazy way that just keeps going back to the same old, like, well, actually she's a dragon so she doesn't understand all this stuff. But, like, there's there's something that's very charming about her. Like, you know, she's very earnest uh, when she's trying to kind of go about her business. You know, she has those kind of like, oh, I don't understand the human world moments. But she also just has this has this real charm to her? Like, there's there's a great scene where she just like goes out into this sort of shopping precinct and just like she's she's already buddies with everybody because you know she just people make small talk with her, she makes small talk back, and it's just these these really nice little moments where you kind of get to see a glimpse of like, oh, this you know this dragon has just like landed in the human world and just kind of figured out how to make that work, and it's actually really satisfying just to to see those little glimpses of like oh it's not just you know crazy crazy dragon girl kind of romping around in the city it's like no she's you know she's she's learned some stuff and you know she's she's figured out how to how to get along which is kind of you know goes back to what you say is is the you know one of the the joys of this series is this kind of you know family being what you make it and everybody just kind of gets on and and does their thing and i I think it it makes that work in a way that it would have been so easy to screw up in a multitude of different ways
0: yeah it's what i kind of. Of like about it is when it does get not heavy but it gets a bit more introspective like i mean there is the stereotypical like romance thing of oh it's valentine's day i'm gonna put some aphrodisiac in these valentine's chocolates and then when Toru goes to give them to kobayashi kobayashi says hey i'm just gonna be serious here trust is very important if you've i'm gonna give you a moment here to think about what you're doing and if you want to change your mind and Toru goes yeah all right and swaps the chocolates for a set she hasn't doctored and that's kind of you know it's a really it's it's a really good setup for a chapter and a later on gag which really works but equally i think it's it's a very adult part to have is just someone going hey do you really want to screw this up and no okay fine we'll we'll forget this happened and you have the same thing with you know whenever the two dragons get together or multiple dragons happen they're like are you cool living in this world? I mean, it's not your home, and you don't you don't seem to like parts of it. And Tor will often go, "Well, it's what I've got now, and I'm perfectly happy with where I am, and it's that's kind of a really nice part of it." And like, you know, she kind of goes, "Yeah, it's not the same as I remember, but hey, I'm not in mortal peril all the time, so that helps." So yeah, 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 and it, it, yeah. it
1: blends all that stuff really well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, weirdly heartfelt, especially when like, you know, characters like and you've got a character with a weird whacking great tail in mid frame. Um <laughs> daft. But yeah, it's I really enjoy it. I like the I like further volumes more, but I'll I'll continue reading this. Maybe I'll revisit this even though strictly I'm I've already read it, <laughs> so whatever. But yeah. <laughs> It, go- it goes in some good directions as well. Um, so yeah, glad. And but also that anime is real good. Like even if you don't want to read the manga or the anime, because like yeah. Kyoto Animation did a bang up job on that thing
1: yeah yeah it, it is terrific and and again like yeah it, it, it's it's so fascinating to see kind of the, the comparison again having talked about Kaguya Sama and, and how that translates from from one form to the other like it's it's actually a really good example having read this manga of kind of how Kyoto Animation goes about their own adaptations because you know they do you know that you can't you can't put the two side by side and say well they're completely different but you can kind of see like how much they bring to the table and they add to their anime adaptations and kind of you know the the way they work things, which is is pretty unique compared to a, a lot of uh, a lot of other uh, animation studios when they they pick up a manga to to adapt.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like Kyoto Animation has definitely a history of um, you know spinning lead into gold almost. Not to say that the source material is lead. I don't want to say that outright, but I feel like you can understand my meaning. I mean, hell, I read I read a volume of K on, and that manga kind of sucked. I did not enjoy it, but. I read a few, I watched a few chapters, a few episodes of the anime, and I'm like, yeah, this is real good. Like, it's the same, same stuff, but man, you've done a lot with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, cool. So, yeah, that's uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Um, So, moving on, uh, we're going to be, uh, what we're talking about next time. So, um, I've actually remembered this time. Um, So, first is my pick is um, Crocodile Baron, Volume 1, which is a manga about a crocodile and a rabbit who go and drink tea i think um i i I mostly added this because i previously purchased it on Comicsology, forgot about that and then bought it on book water again this past week so i now have two copies of it in different digital lockers so this is my own fault this is my curse for going all digital and not keeping a proper spreadsheet of all this <laughs> um but either way crocodile baron it looks really fun at least from the preview as well so i'm looking forward to reading this because the, the the page the front page the title page alone is real good because you just got a crocodile with a cup of tea leaning back with a top hat on you know yeah
1: what- I, yeah I, I was gonna say like I, I went to look this up after you, you dropped this in the document it's like oh it's crocodile with a top hat okay sold already
0: <laughs> yeah what else do you need cool how about you andy
1: uh, yeah, so my choice for the uh, the next show is uh, For the Kid I Saw in My Dreams, Volume 1, which is the latest series from uh, Kay sanbei the author of Erased, which is a, a series that uh, people have opinions about. So I suspect You don't we will say. Also, I suspect we will also have opinions about this. As uh, somebody, somebody who l- liked Erased for all of its foibles, um, I'm curious to see what this uh, what this series is like.
0: Yeah, I've seen this pop up more than once in my like social feeds and such, and it keeps appearing on sites, and I'm like, okay, like... People clearly have some stock in this thing, so we'll see. So, yeah, now I'm going to have to read it. Thanks, Andy. But no, I, I actually, I, I didn't mean to sound sarcastic. You know what I mean. <laughs> cool. So, uh, moving on um, to close down. So, um, you can find the website at screentone.club. Um, you can find the podcast on the website on Apple Podcasts, um, on Spotify um, and on other podcasting services, if there's one we're missing let us know and I can add it, it's not a problem, Um, I had this weird email from Apple Podcasts who were like, hey, do you want stats? log in here, the stats did not work and then it said, make sure you tell people to use Siri to find your podcast and I guess the the, the, the marketing has worked because I just told you about it but oh man, I had a good belly laugh at that god i who uses siri Uh.
1: Siri, hey hey siri find me hot light novel takes oh
0: god hey siri Uh, read this light novel for me on the train
1: the the great thing is we've probably just done that to like all the people that listen to this podcast on iphones they're probably like no siri no
0: hey siri is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon can you tell me for sure yeah
1: maybe 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 that's their maybe that's their hidden agendas that they can answer all of your light novel questions
0: oh god i hope so hey siri can you explain kingdom hearts for me and your phone just explodes there's an yeah okay i'm tangenting again sorry um but yeah um uh, you can find our twitter at screen tone club hopefully being more active soon um because it won't be me doing it <laughs> um you can find our email which is show at screentone dot club uh, my i'm elliot and you can find my stuff at elliot page on twitter uh mostly cat pictures i'm trying not to stop being angry at politics um i'm still angry but i'm not posting about it so much um so more cat pictures and how about you andy
1: Uh, Yeah, my name is Andy Hanley and you can find me posting the Chika Fujiwara GIFs on uh, Twitter at uh, Hannahs1979.
0: Quick side note about Chika Fujiwara we didn't mention in the main part. How the hell does that bow stay on her head? Like it's so weird. Like I, I know anime hair has a lot to answer for, but why is there a bear a, a a bow just in the middle of a fringe? You know, how does it stay there? How yeah, is it? I, not- I
1: mean, we, we, somebody somebody needs to write an entire book on kind of anime and manga physics because there's a there's a lot of stuff that makes no sense if you if you if you think about it too much.
0: I have I have drunk with people who have done that sort of panel at American conventions before. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So. Thank you very much for listening. Um, Oh, last note, um, if you are a patron and you're in the $3 and up tier, look to your email for another um, update on voting, because February voting will now be open, because it's now the 3rd of February. Wild. Um, So, yeah, we need to figure out um, what we're going to be looking at next. We've got a decent clutch of stuff still on the docket. Um, But, no, that's all from me and from Andy.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, everyone.
0: Good night, everyone.
1: Bye, everyone.